Welcome to the Insecurity Project Podcast. Most people think the best you can do with insecurity is mask it, manage it, or medicate. I'm convinced this is a problem that can be solved for good, and that's what this show is all about. Join me for weekly 10-minute Tuesday episodes, live coaching demonstrations, and world-class interviews on the subject of overcoming insecurity. Now on to today's show. Welcome to the Insecurity Project podcast. If you're a first-time listener, you'll have no idea that this podcast doesn't normally have music behind it, this lovely melody that you can hear wafting in the background. That's by design. Uh, That's not a mistake. Don't adjust your hearing. Don't change the channel. That's supposed to be there. It's the second time I've used it. For those who've listened a long time, you will know that. Um... I don't know if you've ever had the experience of asking someone's opinion about something and then as you're listening to yourself ask the question, you kind of realize halfway through that you didn't actually want their opinion, but it's too late. And so I got a bit weird last week. I asked a whole bunch of people what they thought about the music and there were some varied responses. Um, But it turns out I I wasn't really interested in anyone else's opinion. I, I loved the experience of recording to music. It actually... It actually took me back to the wonder of having a microphone in hand as a Pentecostal pastor, as a, as a preacher. Um, the the Pentecostal church service, if you've not experienced that, the the mechanics of and the structure of lovely music, synthetic uh, synthetic synthesizer, guitar, drums, lovely melodies, but then kind of continuing that on not not having a hard cut off in the in the traditional church service um, the music has a lot more structure to it it's much more rigid it's much more predictable it you know when it's going to start and stop you you know how long you're going to be singing for you know how many times you'll go through the song and and it really deviates from that uh, Pentecostals though love love to freestyle they love music they love the experience of being with music they're often they often are hotbeds for wonderful musicians uh, if you haven't if you haven't listened to any hillsong music i think their ability to write melodies that are anthemic that stir hearts and minds is a big reason why they're such a successful movement the power of music and you can say what you like around um, the manipulative nature of that but but to manipulate just means to handle skillfully. So well, there's nothing to really say around that. I, uh, I ran a coach training event some years ago in Melbourne with uh, for the Brotherhood of St. Lawrence. Now I think about it. Strange name for an organisation. I don't really know what they did. But anyway, they wanted... They wanted a lot of their their trainers, uh, sorry, their managers and leaders to understand the coaching skill set. And so I, I had three and a half days with them and I booked the trip without any margins, which I since have. <laughs> I don't do that anymore. But anyway, uh, you, you learn along the way. And so I got stuck on the air, in the airport, got stuck on the tarmac, sorry, in, in Canberra. And there was lots of fog and so I was waylaid, you know, two hours uh, and I also came down with the flu the day before, and so when I rocked into the room um, almost two and a half hours late, sounding like Barry White, uh, into a cold room, a room that didn't know me, that I had to win, there was, uh, yeah, I had some work to do. But I, I remember vividly after the first introduction and um, 
you know, framing the experience and leading them into the idea that, sure, you're not just learning about personal development tools, you're going to have a personal development experience. And then I gave them a reflection exercise and put some music on. Uh, and one of the guys who was clearly, you know, resistant in the first place, he kind of seemed like he'd forced to be there, pushed back straight away and said, you know, that music is manipulate. You were trying to manipulate me with that music. And I said, yeah, of course I am. Like, what, what do you think this is? It's hard to lean into self-reflection. It's, there's a whole bunch of reasons why people don't do this. So uh, music changes your state, whether you want it to or not. Every cell in your body responds. Your body produces chemistry. Serotonin floods your body when you enjoy an experience of music. So that opens you. It creates a more present, relaxed state, a state that's conducive to reflection, a, a state without, without fear, a state where you're not stuck in your head, a state where you can feel. So of course I'm manipulating you. Yeah, what what do you think this is? Um, And so again, here, I'm manipulating you. Insecurity is a vulnerable subject, the most vulnerable subject, the subject most people will never find a way into. So if my life's work is around helping people solve, not just manage, but solve the insecurity project, sure, I have to manipulate you. I have to dial down the angst you experience with self-awareness and give you a way in to relax, to breathe, to feel, to know that you're going to be okay. So I'm surprised it's taken me so long, to be honest, to get music going here, and uh, it's here to stay. I I might play with some of the the tunes that I use and the melodies and see what I enjoy the most, but but for now, this is the one I'm using. Today, today I'm talking about threshold moments, and... uh, you might have heard me say this before. It's worth repeating. I'm convinced that change, while change may take a long time coming, it always happens in a moment. And that's not how most people imagine change to be. The language, the rhetoric around personal growth, development, change, improvement, progress is always, it's a long time. It's just, it takes time to change. Can't rush these things. You work towards them. You're getting there. You know you're seeing progress. It's it's a slow, long burn to get what you want. That's not been my experience ever. It's not my experience. Uh, you know, over fifteen thousand coaching hours, being invited into people's world to have conversations about the things that matter most. I watch people change in a moment. There is a line that's crossed, a door that's stepped through, a door that's closed, a bridge that's burnt, a decision that's made, a yes that's heard, a no that's heard. There is lines that are crossed. And so threshold moments are a really central element of lasting change. And if you understand the mechanics of threshold moments, it turns out you can lean into the process. You can you can increase your chances of getting to a threshold moment. And the best way to do that is by listening to pain, which is a challenge in itself. So there's a few things I'd like to explain to you here around listening to pain that I think could be useful. Uh, so let me, let me begin with the end. When anyone genuinely listens to pain and and as I'll explain in a moment, when I say pain, I mean the purest form of pain, which is which is love and, and truth. So that is the design. Pain is a very honest voice. 
and it's and because it's honest and because it's based on um, the truth it is very loving pain screams at you to warn you of danger to tell you what's not okay to remind you of how worthwhile you are of how much you deserve a good experience of life and love and to highlight where you're not getting that so the tendency is to mask medicate manage pain to not listen to to avoid it but if you do if you if you listen if you listen to the truth around what your pain is telling you it will always lead to threshold moments i I remember being in germany i took my family there for nine months on a business experiment after reading tim ferris's the four-hour work week so captivated with the idea that the three luxuries in life are time money and mobility um just an aside i think i think meaning or or purpose adds is is got to be added to that list but anyway time money mobility was how tim framed it and i just was so captivated by that idea that i had to explore whether that was possible and so long story short found a way to get my family overseas for nine months to a beautiful village called bad in germany and got on the plane um you know, having convinced my family that I, w- I could take care of us financially off the back of this experiment, this wasn't reckless, that it was going to be okay. I could, it was easier to be a global coach than a local one, and this would work. And so got onto the plane uh, with one person signed up to my first online boot camp, and I was selling it for $495, and, and I was offering that at a half-price discount for first-time users. So, uh, yeah, it was an interesting plan, and I had no plan B. Anyway, the point of my story is uh, about halfway through that year, I ran out of money and uh, and there was a painful conversation with Kat around that. And uh, this, this is kind of the nature of how change happens because it turns out that she'd been unhappy with the way that I'd managed our money for some time, but the strength of my conviction and character and passion easily, easily... I could easily talk my way around that to say, no, no, we're getting there and it's just around the corner and I'm doing everything and trust me, it's all going to be okay until here we are on the other side of the world with no backup plan and I run us into financial trouble. Um, and Catherine confronted me about it and she she was very upset and it was a difficult conversation, as you could imagine. But something powerful happened in that moment because of how painful it was, how, how much pain that she was experiencing. Because in her mind, previous times she'd been like, I just hate the way we do money and I hate the lead you run on money. I don't like it. It doesn't make me feel safe. Sure, we always get there, but if I'm, tru- if I'm truthful, I don't like it. And so um, whatever it had to take place in her experience of me running lead on money to get to this point, but she reached a threshold moment where she said um, this does not work for me and you cannot continue to operate like this you have not changed you keep talking a big game around how you're getting there but you have not have a look look at our bank balance look at the data you you have you always are running on the smell of an oily rag and there's some strange stuff in your psyche around managing money i didn't want to hear it um, but I had to. She confronted me with that, and and the intensity of her message, and the the painful conversation, the tears that flowed from both of us was to say, my goodness, um, this is not something I can dodge. I, I'm out of time. I'm out of excuses. I'm out of yeah, yeah. It's going to be okay. 
Uh, and off the back of that conversation, change happened. That was the pain that led me to confront the fact that I was sabotaging my finances, which then led me, led me to explore the agreement that I'd bought into from my childhood that you can't be rich and godly. So I'd created this agreement and therefore my unconscious was protecting me from increased wealth so that I didn't become a bad person. I didn't lose my soul in the process because I'd agreed that I couldn't have both. I had to choose. So uh, a three-week process of deep dive work around that and I came out the other side and in the space of you know the next month or so of the same energy, the, the open windows happened and money was there because money had always been there. I just was not able to not able to earn it because it was dangerous all that to say threshold moments come when you listen to pain and so so Catherine facilitated a threshold moment for both of us right then and she she made me unable to get away from pain I had to listen like I hear people say all the time you know I'm just done with this like I just can't keep doing this any longer I'm just so sick of this and that sounds like really threshold language, but it's not. Um, I, I used to be a big fan of Dr. Phil, not so much these days, um, but I think he, he contributed so much to the coaching and personal development conversation and brought a lot of um, inaccessible psych, um, psychotherapeutic, is that a word, psychotherapeutic? What am I? Psych- psychological terms, that's the word I was after. Uh, he brought it to the mainstream, so... so you know, someone would come on his show complaining about how bad their life was, saying things like, I just can't keep doing this anymore. And he'd, he'd look at them with shock and go, what do you mean you can't keep doing this? Like, you love doing this. You've been doing this for 20 years. What makes you think you can't keep doing it? That's ridiculous. You love it. Keep going. You're doing great. <laughs> Which was so offensive and upsetting to hear for them, but such a lovely bit of feedback to go, don't deceive yourself. You are not at a threshold yet. You keep telling yourself you're done, but if you were done, you'd actually be done. So there's a whole bunch of beautiful love and honesty in each of us screaming at us. And one of the ways we avoid it is by using language that is hiding in plain sight, using language like, yeah, I really need to. That's just buying you more time to not take action. I mean, the only reason why people don't listen to pain is they are afraid that pain is going to demand of them something that they can't do or don't want to do. So they're like, I can't afford to listen to this pain. Like, I can't. There are no other options. If I listen, I'm going to have to, I'm going to, have to change something. I'm going to have to quit a job, leave a partner, break a friendship. I'm going to have to confront a situation. I'm going to have to let go of something like all increasing uncertainty and chaos often and people's like i i can't i can't do that cool well then just keep sailing on into danger this is the great madness of it if pain is love and truth and you continue to avoid it well you will you will and it will end in tears you are heading into peril it's important to describe the distinction between between types of pain if we're going to talk about listening because not all pain is the same and that might be confusing to you when you first hear that because you're like well then how am I supposed to understand what what is what because I'm sure you've had experiences of being embarrassed and having acute pain through your whole body and then you've made decisions off that which weren't loving or true 
they caused you to then retreat from life give up on something that was actually true and real and important but because you got embarrassed it, it highlighted an insecurity and then you protected yourself to not have that painful experience again or perhaps you got really angry or offended or upset and you did things out of the pain of that that you regret you hurt others you hurt yourself you created more of a problem and now there's damage being done by leaning into pain whereas if you hadn't got angry and if you just let the offense wash over you then you wouldn't have acted so rashly and and it's important to understand the distinction of what kind of pain you're listening to here and you know don't don't um complain that it's too hard because in any language skill there is nuance your first time to hearing you know first time learning english and you hear there 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 you know and then you look see the spelling of it and it's spelled three different ways and you're like how am i ever supposed to understand what word is what this is so confusing there are words that sound the same but mean totally different things that's ridiculous this is impossible but then your english teacher says settle down there's rules here you'll be okay and you work it out and practice and then you, you become fluent in the language and so the same is true with listening to your own voice there is a big difference between what is the, the true loving pain voice and the voice of, of embarrassment and anger a voice that's going to lead you astray and so one of the ways of understanding the distinction is is the um, clean versus dirty emotions idea and that is that uh a clean emotion is the initial unfiltered response to something. And the dirty emotion is the secondary emotion you, you experience when judgment enters that experience. So um, you have an exp- you put yourself out there and you feel uh, disappointed that it doesn't work out. But then you watch yourself being disappointed and then judge yourself for being stupid. And that's why you get disappointed and then you feel embarrassed. So you're embarrassed that you were disappointed. And then it escalates and spirals. And so the disappointment was honest, was true. There was something really informative around that pain. But you can't see that because now you're in a cycle of embarrassment and the chemistry of embarrassment has taken over and clouded your judgment. Or you get angry that someone treats you poorly but then the judgment comes in and you get frustrated that you got angry because a good person always keeps their cool. So now you're frustrated, now you're beating yourself up for being someone who's hot-headed or reactive or can't control their emotions and you're lost in that cycle when in fact the anger initially was really pure but just said, huh, that was not the way you deserve to be treated. Lovely. That pain was honest and true. Just like the pain of disappointment was honest and true. You wanted something and it didn't happen the way you wanted. That hurt. Ambition is a central part of being human. So the interesting thing is if you if you allow the dirty emotion to take over, then ultimately, the first example, you'll experience disappointment, which leads to embarrassment. And then that disappointment kind of settles in your bones. You retreat from life as a disappointed person as a person who feels like you can never get what you want because there's something wrong with you. The the beautiful thing about listening to pain and threshold moments is you go through a painful experience of disappointment where you didn't get what you want. You listen to the purity of that emotion and you understand what it was. 
what what was the learning what was the improvement what what was the feedback what was the thing that got in the way you might discover it was actually just a belief about you that got in the way you second guess yourself at a crucial moment because there's an unresolved narrative from your childhood and that pain of disappointment then becomes beautifully useful because it allows you to then go and do the real work work that's going to lead you to lasting change the point is back to the start whenever you truly listen to pain it always leads to threshold moments and the only thing that can get in the way of listening to pain is willingness if you want to listen you can so don't deceive yourself that you are listening or you're trying to listen the the truth is it's going to be hard to listen and part of you will prefer not to and therefore you'll pretend you'll use language that tries to convince you and everyone else that you're listening and you're ready but you're not you're afraid of what's going to happen next this is where threshold moments are so useful because they don't really care about what's going to happen next when you're really leaning into pain what happens next is irrelevant when you really listen you understand that you cannot spend another moment in this experience of life that you are done you're not nearly done it's not that i i need to deal with this or i really should you run out of time you run out of scope to deal with that and in that moment you are done the beautiful thing about that threshold is then you step into this uncertainty and create a vacuum and that vacuum then leads you like all vacuums do to fill it and to find the next thing no one ever gets the next thing before they've closed the door on the last thing no one ever gets this safe certain future to know that every part every part of your future is mapped out before you close the last chapter they close the door in the last chapter that's not how it works you come to the end you listen to pain you act on it and in that moment change has happened you can't go back this is why practice three stack the pain is a central part of overcoming insecurity no one has ever overcome insecurity and i mean eradicated it from their current level of growth solved the problem not just managed it except from a place of great pain they understand that the central problem that they are dealing with is unresolved opinions from their childhood and those opinions are killing them those opinions are costing them everything they want and they don't know what it's like they don't know even know if they can change those opinions they don't know what opinions they're going to replace it with but they just get to the point where they cannot tolerate these opinions for another moment they've done an accurate cost assessment and they are done when it comes to relationship dysfunction it's exactly the same people people tolerate all kinds of horrible things that they don't enjoy complain about them Eckhart Tolle says complaining is madness you either accept the situation you change the situation or you leave the situation nothing else makes sense the reason again why people don't listen to their pain is that they are afraid of what it's going to ask them to do they they are afraid if i listen it's going to demand something of me that will cost me too much i cannot and i don't want to it comes back to an insecurity issue it's like maybe this is my best deal maybe i can't afford to tell the truth in the situation because i'll ultimately lose if you've read the leverage book you'll understand that in order to be clear about what it is that you want and what it is that you don't want you must first be secure 
That is your work. Keep leaning into this process of overcoming insecurity so that you know you can listen to your pain. You know that whatever happens next, you will sort it out. But the first thing is first. Tell the truth. Listen to what your pain is telling you. And allow threshold moments to force you into a change space where you have to work out the next thing because now you've closed the door, burnt a bridge, said no, said yes, committed to something and now you're in. I'll talk to you again soon.